With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Fucking Kobe White. All right, it is that time once again, Tuesday, 2.30. It is the awesome.com PGA show. Myself, Ben Brazza, here with Fantasy Golf Man, Tim Frank, the American Express. We have, uh, before the show, we had a nice long talk about a lot of a lot of topics that are going to come up on the show, some golf-related, some certainly not golf-related, but we will get there in a second chat. Tim, happy Tuesday. Uh we're not in Hawaii. We're getting, we're back to the mainland. What say you? I'm getting back to the mainland. Um, not the most exciting tournament. It got a little bit better though. We don't, we don't have any amateurs. We don't have three courses. Um, Just two. But yeah, I don't think, I don't think anybody really gets excited for the American Express, except golf is going to start a little bit earlier than it has the last couple of weeks, I guess. So we got that going for us. Uh, yeah, not a fan of like the 11 o'clock at night cut sweat. That's just stupid. Um, <laughs> that interferes with my bedtime way too much. Yeah, they, isn't that the truth? It was, uh, listen, the Sony Open, eh, you know, it was nice to have a full field event. I, I always enjoy that. It's definitely my better format. I, you know, it's frustrating. This is, listen, this is something we're going to talk about within the show. And I feel like we've done this and advocated for this a lot where it's like you're buying a guy kind of in a block setting and a perfect example is Kevin Na. You and me really liked him at the tournament of champions. He was atrocious. Then he wins last week uh, and I was not on him. And that that's the type of frustration that sometimes you just got to hold on. If you, if you have a line on a guy. Yeah. I mean, I agree hundred percent. I do this a lot. Um, I guess the difference for me with Na is we were kind of just playing a shot at, at the century um and we didn't have a lot of information to go off and he played poorly he struck it poorly you know i wasn't i wasn't in love with him at century so then i we we hopped off um but when i see a guy kind of trending in the right direction with ball striking etc um you know i try not to let one poor start derail me wasn't as sold on nah and, and that's why i jumped off but um boy that that hurt especially after really liking him in the first week but that's what happens yeah. And it, it, listen, I do think just to dig into that a little more, the thing about it's easier with the guy like Kevin Nas, he's shown the ability to do this. He goes out and he wins tournaments. And then when he doesn't, he's pretty bad. There are some guys like that. Sneds comes to mind. Um, he's that type of player. There's a lot on tour. And then there's other guys that are more reliable that make cuts, but rarely, rarely get in. And, and we're going to try to find the blend here. 
to build some teams. Chat, I see you. Yeah, we got Sebastian Kaplan and, uh, and, and many others here. Is there anything you want to talk about with the Sony before we dive in, or do you want to just get to La Quinta and, and start talking? No, I mean, you know, I was really surprised by ownership, and I, and I think that's something I'm going to focus on more this year. I mean, I thought Hideki was criminally underowned. I mean, he was like sub 10%, I think, in the big $10. He was 4% owned in the $5 single entry. It was wild. Um, so I think just in hindsight, you know, I think we want to look back you know, and how the guys performed. And it's like, well, oh, I played Brendan Grace and he was terrible. And that's why I did terrible. But it was like, well, he was 1% owned. Like I would take that play all the time. Um, Like Hideki at 4%, I would take that play all the time. I think the mistake was, you know, I played him at like 30%. So sometimes like looking back, um, not necessarily at how the guys finished, but like, did you, did you play the guys at at the right ownership? Um, Because it's really hard to, it sounds funny. It's really hard to pick the right golfers, but you got to get that edge and like, hey, these guys are coin flips. Let's just be on the right side of that and play the guy that's 5% instead of the guy that's 25%. Um, so I'm kind of trying to take a look back at stuff like that um, and see like where I did well, where I made mistakes. And I, and I was just really surprised um, at some of the ownership last week. Look at you. Uh, this is a whole new fantasy golf man in 2021. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, you're speaking my language. I say all the time, more than any other DFS sport, golf is the one that before the tournament begins, but after lock, I kind of evaluate how I did. And there are weeks where I know that regardless of the outcome, I did not do what I wanted to do. And then there's other weeks where I know, even if it doesn't go well, I did my job because I leveraged where I wanted to. And I got guys that in the, say, even in the betting market, you know, they're say minus 115 on both sides of a head to head and one guy's 30% and one guy's 4%. Well, it, over time, going to that 4% guy is going to pay off. And you don't want to do it at all six spots. But the Hideki situation early in the season when we don't have a lot of recent form, everybody overreacts to four rounds, two rounds, a miscut. Uh, it can be mitigated. And I think that's something we can take advantage of even here. So let's do it. You, you get to blabber about two courses this week not three but two so let's go to the courses <laughs> we've got the stadium course at the west what do you make of them they are both to me pretty easy they have some at least they're the same i like that so you can kind of take the same logic uh, with both uh both courses yep so two course rotation meaning we're going to get uh before the cut one round at the stadium course one round at the nicholas course then after the cut uh both rounds being at the stadium course um so stadium course, Pete Dye, uh, 7,100 yard, par 72, a lot of water, um, a lot of similarities with sawgrass. I don't think it's as difficult as sawgrass, but a lot of risk reward, risk reward, um, a lot of water and a lot of stuff that you see at, at Pete Dye tracks. You know, his tracks gen- generally are not uh, bombs away. It's a lot more of a technical accuracy kind of thing. Um, Nicholas course, uh, another short par 72, 7,100 yards. Um, not as much water, a little more straightforward. I think the interesting thing for me is this event has been a pro-am and those are notoriously set up, you know, very easy. So, you know, uh, not a lot of teeth in the course, not a lot of rough, easy pin positions. And we saw the winning scores at like 22, 26 under. I still think it'll play easy, but I don't think it'll be quite as easy as it has been because there's no 
you know, they can tuck the pins a little bit. I don't know. They can grow the rough out, stuff like that. I still think it'll be easy. I don't think it'll be quite as easy as we've seen in the past. That's the thing. I, I, you know, I have a bunch of content up on the Awesome site. Go check it out. One of my articles dives into that exact question. Notoriously easy around the green because Larry the Cable Guy is playing. Well, he's not here this year. <laughs> he's and got a sharp short game, though. Yeah, let's I not. Let's not... <laughs> Just this tournament. The other thing that's nice, the, the rounds won't take it not, literally seven hours, like which is what they used to do. I do think that's something I, I, cause this is what I kind of want to dig into. Do you throw course history out now that it's not a Saturday cut that it could be a lot more difficult with the pin positions, or do you still think there's something to the guys that, you know, the Adam Hadwins who, who clearly like these tracks, do you still look at that or do you think this is different? Yeah. I mean, I'm not a huge course history guy to start off with, but I, I wouldn't throw it out. I don't think it's going to be crazy hard. I don't think it's going to go from 26 under to like, you know, eight under being the winning score. I do think they'll generally play easier than average. It's it's really hard to peg exactly how it's going to play. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it'll be similar. I just think it'll be a little bit more difficult, not just an all out birdie fest. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think we would throw uh, course history out but I mean it is it's still diluted because we have two courses um, you know this course history uh, is involving three courses so you know we're not big course history guys in general and there's a couple reasons to maybe even dial that down this week uh, yeah that's that's kind of a, I think you don't want to blindly throw it out but at the same time if you want to change it up to me I think you could build make some lineups that bump around the green um, and just hope that maybe they really do make it. I'm not going to say, you remember when Houston recently really had the crazy around the green? I don't think we're going to see anything like that, but when you get a new course or a new layout, there's opportunities to be early, just like with players. I think you can do that with the courses themselves. The problem, it's not a problem, just this has, you, you mentioned this, the Florida feel. There's a lot of variance. Even though these are easy courses, you are going to see guys make gigantic numbers because of all the water. So it's a boom bust. You got to outscore your placement point. I like it better with two courses than three, though. I'm glad they got rid of what they get rid of. La Quinta. Which one is good? La Quinta. Yeah. That one I, I like the. One anyway. I like the three courses because it keeps me alive for another day. I, was, I had like That's I got a three days blank. Yeah, instead of two days. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. But this is so why. Yeah. Can you tell me why they couldn't just make this? I think the field is too big. I think that's the answer because yes. they don't have enough daylight. I would have rather seen like a 132 man field in one course still, but whatever. Oh yeah. Keep going. I mean, this used to be like way back. Wasn't this an event that was five, five days, five rounds. Yeah. Imagine yeah. Monday golf sweat. Ooh. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think I could handle that. I would just be God awful, but we, we have a lot to take. We've seen these courses. I don't think you need distance. You want to attack par fives. You're going to have to score. Maybe around the green is the one place that's the unknown because there's no celebrities. But other than that, I don't think it's anything to get crazy about. Two courses is two courses. I'm I'm not going to worry about it. But let's dive in. So the big news, you, you've been tweeting about it because you got all your closing line value. John yeah. Rahm pulled out, not here, withdrawn. So that takes the favorite out of the tournament. And it changes it because now the top price guy is Cantley at eleven thousand one hundred. If Rom would have withdrawn before pricing, 
everybody would have got a bump up in salary. So does this matter? Do you think it's going to be very soft to build because there is no ROM? Yeah, I mean, I think it definitely matters. And I don't think we've really seen an event like this in the past. We've never had the prohibitive favorite withdraw, I, I don't believe, you know, in a weak field, you know, after pricing has come out. Um, so yeah, it, it leads to what kind of feels like softer pricing. I don't think you'll see a lot of people going down, you know, sub 7k because I don't, I don't know if you really have to. Um, I don't know. It, 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 it's weird. It's, it's weird to have Cantlay be the headliner at 11-1. I think it just, it, it kind of changes some things up. Um, but yeah, it's kind of an odd group of four or five at the top with Cantlay, Brooks, Finau, Reed. Um, it, to me, none of these guys really jump out as, you know, fantastic plays or, you know, these are the uh, a lock button guy or like this is, you know, obviously the play at the top. Um, I think Cantlay is the most interesting because I, I don't think people will get very excited about playing him as the most expensive player in the field at 11-1. I mean, people just generally don't get it. He's kind of like a Webb Simpson-esque. People don't get excited about playing him, but he's got a ton of consistency and he has upside. He wins tournaments and he contends. And, and I like that. Uh, you know, it's nice to have the consistency, but it's also nice to kind of bring uh, uh, some of that upside. If he's going to be lower owned, I, I like him. Um, Brooks, there's a lot of question marks about him. To me, he's just generally, I know there's like a major and a non-major split with him. To me, it's more of an easy course, hard course split. I think um, he just generally hasn't performed well in these super birdie fest events against weak fields. A lot of unknowns, uh, you know, we haven't seen him. Um, so I don't know, Finau kind of same thing. Um, seems to do well at hard courses, seems to do well against tough fields. This is neither that. And then your boy, Patrick Reed. So for me, it's probably can't lay at the top, but I think you're going to see a lot of like balanced hybrids with these guys in the nine carriage. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? Mm. Yeah, it is interesting. So I want to start with Cantlay, who you, you summed it up nicely. The guy, he, he missed one cut uh, in August at the Northern Trust, hadn't missed a cut since then. And before that, he hadn't missed a cut since mid 2019. The guy doesn't miss cuts. He's extremely reliable but he's not someone that's just cashing checks like, you know, CH3 or Grio or someone like that. This guy's a winner. He won the Zoizo. He won Memorial in 2019, a bunch of runner up finishes contends at top end tournaments. He, to me is, he should be the favorite. And I believe that he is. Uh, I don't mind it. The guy that I'm going to go to is probably not a huge shock is Patrick Reed. Uh, he's won this event. I do think around the green could be slightly more difficult. That's a good thing for him. His, his ball striking is not as good as these other guys. He does it differently. He was blah at the tournament of champions. I could care less about that. Reed is always ready to play. What do you do with him? Are you just kind of indifferent or do you think that the way he, you know, he can go crazy low with his putter? But yeah, I think the thing to like about him is the putter. Um, like you said, he's not, um a great ball striker but he's been better uh wasn't great at the tournament of champions but the prior you know two months before that he's awesome and the putter can just get nuke out hot um so yeah i don't mind him i guess i would have him second behind Cantlay. um 
I don't know. Yeah, Brooks and Finau just... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Obviously great players, but just not for me. This just doesn't seem like the format where either of them have excelled historically. Brooks is going to cough on us, isn't he? Uh, boy, it would. He played decent. You know, he was good at the Masters. I don't know. It's like, I don't know. I I can't even talk it out. It's just he's a confusing guy. And this is just a really difficult spot. I'd feel better if this was a major. It, it would. I would almost feel better flying blind with him at a major than him at this event. I just don't. <laughs> I just don't think that I. There are so many questions with Brooks. And some of them are just like, where is he even at health wise? You're not going to be sneaky with Brooks. I don't think just because Rom Rom being out changes everything. It's obviously going to dilute the top to me of the four. I would go Reed Cantlay, Fino Brooks, if I had to order them. Yeah, I'd probably, yeah. Cantlay, Reed, Fino Brooks, but I, I'm not a fan. I don't know, man. I'm just not, Tony. I don't hate Tony, but this, you know, just generally is not where he's been. Uh, he's made where he wins. Yeah, that's true. No, we know he doesn't win. <laughs> that's another thing. Yeah. It's like, let, let's play 10, five for a guy who can't win either. Yeah, that's fair. Um, all right, here we go. The nine K range still in the top tier here, but we've got plenty of names. We've got Sanjay. We've got Wolf Scheffler. Ricky's here. That won't be expensive for me. Kevin Na, who won last week, answer and Henley. Interesting range. I think the guy that's going to stand out for most is Wolf. You know, showed took a big leap and expectations I don't think could be higher coming into this year. Obviously, the last time we saw him, I don't know if he ran out of gas or he just lost the form. It was not a good tail end, but overall 2020 great stretch. Fourth at PGA, runner up at US Open. Where do you think Wolf is at? Are you comfortable backing him even though he did not play in Hawaii? Yeah, it doesn't bother me that he hasn't played. Um, boy, 9700 That's a pretty that's a pretty steep price. I mean, I, it, it's warranted based on how he played at the end of last year. Um, I don't mind him. To me, I, I don't know if Sung Jay is interesting. I, I just love him. I'm a big fan. I like his all-around game. He was not good last week as Chalk. He was T56, but he wasn't terrible. The ball striking um, was okay. He gained one uh, one stroke with the ball striking. Good off the tee, bad on approach. I, I want to know if people are going to go back to him because usually when a guy is 25 30% owned and plays poorly, uh, they don't go back. This is going to be an interesting range with a lot of popular names. If people aren't going to play him or he'll just be moderately owned, I think I like him better than Wolf or Scheffler. Scheffler, God, I have him at 16 to 1, which is insane for, for 9,500. I mean, we have Brooks at 16 to 1. We have Reed at 16 to 1. We have Ricky at 40 to 1 at basically the same price. I bet Ricky, um, which is Yeah, shameful. so for, for, like the outright market just absolutely loves him. Um, he was third here last year. He was 13th at Tournament of Champions, but that really is not a great finish for like a 48-man field. 
Um, so I think he'll probably be over-owned. Um, I, I guess I would prefer Wolf to him, just kind of going with the unknown, hoping that people avoid him, uh, being that we haven't seen him at all. Um, but I, I just don't see any way around that Scheffler is going to be probably the most popular guy in this range, just based on those odds. That's kind of wild. Yeah, the odds definitely lead you to him. And Wolf, to me, is the most polarizing because he he can go so – I mean, he's known – he he destroy, when he gets going he scores better than everybody he has that gear where if it's 25 under that is wolf we've seen him excel these easy tracks now where he's at i don't know and and you know friend of the show mentioned you know john said it in, in chat his presser it didn't look great where he's lethargic maybe he starts slow those are things we have to factor in it's very hard to quantify um sunjay is interesting natural you know you're absolutely right there will be an ownership exodus like you've never seen. When a guy builds up the chalk and then he burns everybody, nobody wants to hang on. That is somewhat enticing. I, I do want to ask you quickly before we get to the mid-ranges about the lower half of this, though. You've got Ricky, Na, Answer, and Henley. What do you make of those guys? To me, there's a pretty distinct drop between the top of the nines and the bottom of the nines. Are you comfortable going to any of those guys? And why is it Russell Henley, you boy? <laughs> we'll start with Ricky. I mean, I think he will be unowned. I mean, I think he will be play him. sub 5% um, because this is a loaded range. And, and if he's if he's going to be unowned, I will play him based on the, he's like the, let's hope he found something during the offseason uh, type of play and, and this seems like a decent spot it's not a it's not a tough field um I, I wouldn't mind him don't like not at all answer i think is interesting because he missed the cut last week but the ball striking was really good i still think he will be popular though people like him he's got a good course history henley I, this just seems like a great spot for him i mean the the, the approach game just has it, it hasn't stopped um it's been so good for like it seems like it's been a year now i think this is a decent spot for him the course history is bad but we don't really care about that maybe that keeps a few people off of him um i don't mind i i don't mind at all that he's gone miscut 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 in a t49 he he's just playing so much better now than he has in the last couple years it's not even close um so i like him yeah he'd be my favorite play uh down here ricky is just a contrarian prayer if he's literally going to be unowned yeah, Ricky, I, I, it's tough. I mean, he's had an awful stretch. So if you think that, like I said, Leishman found something, I don't know if he was hurt and he looks good. And I've, that was been the one bright spot to start the year. You could do that with Ricky. I, I do think ownership is going to tell the tale there just to look at Henley. <laughs> so we don't have stats for AHL and he didn't play good there, but for events that I have stats for, he has gained with the approach in every event since June. That's insane. I mean, that's as that is not like, oh, he's a good ball striker. That is, he's maybe striking it better than anyone on tour style. Uh, and at nine thousand dollars, good Bermuda putter too. What's not to like with Henley? Yeah, I agree. Just a great spot for him. And you know, this is uh, off the tee is not going to be important. Not that he's awful off the tee, but he's definitely. Um, you know, made his money this last year with the approach game. And I think that's for sure going to be the most important uh, part of the game this week. Um, you know, fairly easy courses. We're not sure about around the green, but we know that it's going to be kind of like hit the fairway, 
And then, like, let's just see who can throw darts and, and convert the birdies. Yeah, the thing about Ricky, like, with all the – even with, if and when Ricky plays well, he's going to hit it in the water a couple times because that's what <laughs> – like, Ricky can't avoid the trouble lately. Um, ownership, you know, when Alex runs those tomorrow night, live before lock, we're going to dive into that because if Ricky is sub – you know, say he's 6% or something like that, I, I will get over – just because to me, the win equity is still there. So that's, I, I mean, I, I don't see how he's not, he's been bad. Um, people yes. are going to want to play Sungjae, Wolf, Scheffler, Answer, Henley. I mean, these are all going to be pretty popular plays. No, it's, it's true. What a world. All right. Let's get to the mid range before I do. I just want to say chat as always, we appreciate it. We've got the loyal listeners in here. If you can hit the like button, it helps us out a ton. And subscribe to the channel, 48,700. We're only 1,300 away. We're going to do it by the Super Bowl. We're going to do a big giveaway. So if you haven't, press subscribe, hit the notification bell. A lot of shows. We've got a couple special announcements. You're going to be seeing me uh, on a new show coming up. we we got some things unveiled. I'm very excited to have that happen. So support us. And we Is it a uh, top, top shot tout show? You're not supposed to release what it was. Uh, yeah, we're going to be doing a, an auction for a, a Kobe White. You know, he drinks from a bottle of Gatorade for $100,000. We're going to sell that highlight. So you got to get that limited edition fantasy golf man autographed top shot moment. Um, but let's get to the mid range. They should do top shot for golf. We were talking about that before the show would be absolutely hilarious to see some of these moments, but that's another story for another time. We kick it off with Cameron champ, 8,900 Phil is here. That's just great. Paul Casey, Lanto, Pat and What do you make of this upper eights? No dice. Ooh. It's uh, yeah, I, I don't like it at all. Uh, like I think there's so many good plays in the nine K range, lower nine K range. Um, I, I would much rather try and get up to there. I mean, I like Champ. Um, I don't think this is the greatest course fit for him, but he definitely showed something at the end of last year, um, you know, showing a little bit of consistency. We know he has the upside. The off the tee game was amazing. I think the approach game came around a little bit. So I, I don't mind him at 8,900. Like I said, I, I would just rather pay, pay the extra 100 to get up to Henley. Um for me, he's kind of the only guy in this upper AK range. Not a fan of Phil, even though he's got a good course history here. Uh, seems just like not the spot for Paul Casey, who does a lot better on difficult courses. Uh, as you can see with the two wins at Valspar, we'll, we'll put Lanto in with uh, Berger and English. <laughs> long, long is interesting to me. He, he seems expensive. Um, but, but I guess the price is somewhat warranted. A uh, good finish uh, at the end of last year has a win here. Struck it well at the end of last year. I don't mind him, but 8,500, I'm not in love with that price. Yeah, I think I think it sums it up. Long can go low. He's He's been very impressive, you know, and he has won here. I just don't see a huge difference between him and guys that are legitimately $1,000 cheaper who we will get to. So you look at this range, you can always play champ because his abilities, particularly on the par fives, I get it. I do think you're overpaying for him, though. You're going to have to bank on a fluke putting performance, which he does, but he's not a good putter, and he's been putting awful. So it's kind of a hard sell for me to get there. Obviously, I'm not going to play Phil. Casey, you mentioned, like Valspar is the track, not this. 
So I want to just quickly move. Let's just move down then. We've got Kazire, your boy Burns. Now we're getting interesting. Siwoo, who is playing sneaky good, in my opinion. Brian Harmon, Ryan Moore, and then Hadwin, who's an absolute monster at these courses. What do you make of the lower eights? To me, this is much better than the higher eights. Yeah, I agree. Always love Burns. I think the price is fine. Um, I'm just kind of a long-term buy on him ever since maybe the beginning of last year. Um, so definitely uh, don't mind him. I love Siwoo again at 8,200. He played well last week. He was T25, game 2.4 uh, with the ball striking. And, and it was kind of one of those performances where I view it as a positive, but I don't think it's his price didn't go up a ton. I don't think he's going to get a ton more ownership. Um, but like I said last week, he he made huge, huge strides last year as far as the consistency that we saw from him. And we know he has the upside. Um, you know, one Wyndham lapped the field at the players. Um, I think he lost in a playoff at RBC. You know, when he's on, he's great. And now we're seeing uh, consistency out of him. And, and I think there's kind of like still time to buy on him. 8,200 is a good price for him in this field. He played well last week. I think the course fit is still fine. He does better at these shorter courses where you don't have to air it out. Um, so, yeah, he's probably my favorite play in this range. He is someone that I, I think what you're alluding to almost, and you could say this about a lot of guys, but last week he had a real opening. He got to 10 under pretty early, and then he really couldn't add to it, and he regressed on the back, and then he kind of – fell to the middle of the pack to me, although that was frustrating because I was really over on him. It gives us another opportunity. If he would have captured that and came in sixth or fourth at Sony, we'd be having a, a conversation about $9,300 Siwoo Kim at, at much greater ownership. So this is someone, I mean, consistency has been the only red flag and that has been, you know, resolved for, I guess, recently. And we'll continue. You got to like Burns though. Uh, that's a long-term buy for you. I mean, gains off the tee automatically. It can good Bermuda putter. If you had to pick one, or, or you're going to try to get both. I mean, I still think I'm preferential to Siwoo, even okay. though I'm a huge Burns guy. Like we've seen Siwoo win, and, and that, that's my biggest knock with Burns. And and we'll get. I'll talk a little bit more when we get down to Doc Redman. Um, is he just? I mean, he's a good young player, but we just haven't really seen him get in the mix very often. And with Siwoo, we've seen him get in the mix and win. You know, like I said, he has two wins, a playoff loss, a couple other times he was right there. Um, so if you told me, like, one of these two guys won the tournament, um, their, their outright odds are fairly similar. Um, but I would think it would be Siwoo easily. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. Um, and normally what I would counter with was, but if you told me one of them missed the cut, who would it be? With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Allianz Travel Insurance. If you're the type of traveler who leaves everything to the last minute, then annual travel insurance was made for you. Buy your plan today, and you're covered for every trip you take in the next 365 days. Enjoy peace of mind knowing you're protected. 
whether you're heading out for a weekend getaway or an international vacation. Get the travel protection trusted by more than 70 million American travelers. Get a quote at AllianzTravelInsurance.com. I would say, Siwoo, that lately might not be the case, though. He is not doing what he normally does, where it's like, yeah, he probably has good win equity, but he's going to miss the cut three out of five times. Not the case right now with Siwoo. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's been good. The consistency is there. The ball striking is coming around. It's like we're seeing kind of the numbers that we want to see behind uh, uh, some of the consistent finishes. I, I have nothing but but positives to say about him. Yeah, and yeah, for some reason, FanDuel, in their wisdom, they don't even have Henley in the player pool. Uh, that's just, I, I have no answers. That's going to be weird when he wins, huh? Yeah, that's a whole different strategy over there. So we'll deal with, obviously our projections will take that all into account, but that's just bizarro. Um, and I want to say real quick, uh, again, friend of the show, Craig, who's been doing the one and done. A lot of people are in a one and done. I have a free one and done article that's out each and every week over at Osimo. You can check that out. Wasn't bad last week. I went burger. Leishman was in the conversation. Kind of wish I did use him. Uh, I saw someone mention champ. I don't, I don't think that's crazy. I think it's a little aggressive. Cantley is probably the prudent move, but if you are interested in one and done, go check that article out. Now we've, we've got those. You don't have anything to say about Ryan Moore, do you? That guy. No. Okay. I mean, I, I saw his name in the field and I was like, man, this could be a sneaky Ryan Moore spot and it still could be, but at AK, you know, it doesn't feel like we're just getting like this great deal on him. We don't know what the hell's going on with him. There's a lot of question marks and he's just not, he's not that great of a player to where it's like we're willing to like take on these risks right to just jam in ryan Moore. it's not brooks kepka um but i'll hedge by saying i wouldn't be shocked if he played well because this is the great a great spot for him but who knows what's going on with him i'm worried about all that but i will say ryan moore's game is a real good fit like this a lot of these par fives are attacked not in two but in three he's a good wedge player I just, Brian Moore is a really frustrating player. It's hard to get a read on where he's at. I mean, I, I've always said this about Ryan Moore is that if you look at the places he he's won, they're all similar in the fact that they're all weak fields and they're all birdie fest, Wyndham, CIMB. Um, why am I drawing a blank? Shriners, places like that. Um, the, the similarities, they all are bad fields. They all uh, are easy courses and, and this is this fits that mold but there's uh, quite a few question marks and it's not like he's 7200 or something where it's like whoa i'm willing to take the risk i mean i'm fine with taking a wait and see approach on ryan moore we also correct me if i'm wrong when is where is the last time that we've seen ryan moore <laughs> uh it's been a while I, I can tell you hold on here let me like it's been like half a year right yeah, I don't have anything for him in like the last 12 weeks. Then he withdrew from the Northern Trust, which is yeah. never a good sign. <laughs> so no. he must have been hurt. Yeah, yeah so that's that's not great. Um, probably a wait and see. Last guy, and then we'll get to the sevens, and then ultimately we'll get to the cheapies. Uh, what do you do with Hadwin, who was obviously the course horse, second, third, second, and sixth in his last four appearances here? Do you think losing one of the courses hurts? He obviously had that amazing round there. To me, he's just going to be over-owned, and I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I mean, the course history is amazing. It's kind of some of the best you'd see out of like a four 
event sample, but I, you know, I, I never make those type of plays. I'm not a huge Hadwin guy. It's just like you said, it's going to lead to him being more owned than he should. Um, regardless of what you think of course history, even, even if there is something to it, um, it, the, the, the ownership is going to be more than whatever value he gains by, you know, loving this, these courses or whatever. So, you know, if it, if it should be bumped up 2%, it's going to be bumped up 8%. I don't know. So yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not playing Hadwin. Yeah. You have to pay that tax. Uh, all right, we're halfway here. Now we now when we get to the bottom half. I do want to say before that, if you haven't joined, and I see some new new faces in chat saying they're trying out golf, that's awesome. I'm really glad that you guys stopped in. If you want to get even a weekly pass, an express pass, starting at two dollars and ninety five cents, just to get your foot in the door, try us out. You've got tools, we've got projections, ownership, all those things, uh, and obviously all the content that me. Tim, Jason, everyone at the golf team uh, produces here. So we'd love to get you guys in. And then you hop in Slack, office hours, Slack in general is worth the price. Let me tell you, we got some real (laughs) characters in there. Um, But we'd love for you guys to try it out, even if it's just for a week. So with golf never ends, no better time to do it right now. All right, let's get to the 7K range and start working our way down. I mean, we just talked about Ryan Moore. Zach Johnson and Ryan Moore are very similar players. Uh, Unlike Ryan Moore, though, ZJ has shown some form, you know, kind of like a resurgence. He wasn't good last week. Let's just start with him before we work down. Do you have interest in him doing the same formula as Ryan Moore? Um, boy, not, not really. Like you said, good fit. He's playing better. Um, he had positive ball striking last week, plus 2.2, even though he finished T62, uh, struck it pretty well, but, uh, no, I'm not a big ZJ guy. Um, for me, I would rather take a shot and go back to Van Royen who missed the cut last week, but struck it very well. Um, just the putter in the short game was bad. Um, plus four ball striking. Go ahead. Sorry. Just, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's minus four with the short game. Um, and, and like you said last week, we don't see him in these weak fields. So, you know, it seemed like last week was a good place to buy, because generally we've seen them at stronger fields. So you see the finishes on paper and maybe they don't look that great, but we haven't seen them in a weak field. I mean, no one's going to play him. They, he had a shot last week. He was bad. I don't think people will go to him, but I mean, he struck it great. EVR last week made two triple bogeys on Friday and he missed <laughs> the cut on the number at a place. Where I didn't even realize that. Yeah. That's what I was just he made two triples on Friday and he missed on the number. Think how insane that is at a place like Sony, how he did that. I, I, I don't really have an answer for you. Um, but I will say to me, that's mu- a much better side than just doing nothing and missing on the number. Like those are almost outlier holes. They're kind of what you could see this week where you're going to make some big numbers, but he can score. We saw that last week. He just couldn't eliminate the mistakes. I'm going to go back to EVR. It's frustrating, but this is the, this is the type of thing I'm alluding to. I'm not going to say one week, oh, he missed on the number and now it's over my EVR experiment. I'm going to hold on and see what I get this week. Yeah, and especially the way he did it. Like, like you know, like you said, if he would have gone out and been awful, struck a terrible, you know, shot a pair of 80s, you know, then maybe we can reassess. But to me, even though he missed the cut, I kind of view last week still as a positive and, and even more so when we talk about game theory ownership, it, it's going to get people off of them. 
I mean, I would have rather seen him do what he did than kind of make the cut and play poorly and finish T62 and strike it poorly. Um, I wouldn't really be uh, uh, wanting to go back to that, but I, I think he's a good play. I'll take him o- over a guy like CJ. Yeah. Well, would you take him over a guy like Grio? <laughs> Dude, no. You have issues. You have. Hey, what did I do? He, the guy makes the cut every week. Yeah, he makes the cut every week. T forty seven last week. Great. How'd that do for you? I got one Nothing. placement point. One placement point. There you go. Now he's got to make forty seven birdies this week. How? Yeah, that's. I do worry look, about. I mean, putting. it's the same thing. I mean, I I don't know. I feel like we're we're broken records. He's always going to strike it great. He's almost always going to make the cut. It's w- what happens after that. Um, that I, I mean, I'm just, I don't know. He's a great safe play. If we were building a cash team, I would say definitely get him in there. Um, but you know, I just have some question marks about how, how he's going to get it done. And are there other guys in this range who have more upside than him? But I mean, you, you can't say anything terrible about the kind of like the baseline of how he plays. No, it's just, it's very hard to capture a quality putting week from him. And when you need to putt to get, placement points it makes it difficult but the next range i think is where the money is won this week we've got cam davis gary woodland norin wise kirk glover Domin, redman these are names that to me are our dark horse potential winners in here is there one that stands out obviously woodland to me stands out not because i like him the best just because to me he's clearly the most mispriced if he is healthy and i don't know the answer to that yeah i mean 7700 is uh crazy price for him but he was so so bad he was um, injured, clearly he was injured yeah and i mean it's been so it's been six seven weeks i, I just don't know I, I don't know where he's at for me i i don't think i'll play him because it, it just it was ugly you know and, and it has it's not like it's been months and months um it's been a few weeks and i don't know if that's really uh, gonna get him back on track. I don't have any information on that. I, I mean, he will. People will not play him, and the price is good. And obviously, the upside's there. So I can't say he's not a you know a decent tournament play. But he's just not for me this week. I, Redmond for me at seventy five hundred, I think is just the easiest one. I, I don't know. I think he'll be very very popular. Um, but the price is great. You know, I kind of I always link him with Burns because I feel like they are similar. Um, but yet Burns is $800 more expensive. And Redmond is the guy who's always getting in contention. Um, he finished T4 or better in three of his last eight starts uh, to, to end the year. Um, he had a runner up. I, so I think he's got, what, four finishes of T4 or better in his very short career. Like he gets in the mix. Not only is he consistent, not only does he strike it well, he actually gets in the mix. And I like that. Um, so for me, I think he's a great play. I just think he's going to be pretty popular. I don't know. Um, it, it just seems like everyone – well, I've seen a couple of people tweeting about him. It seems kind of like a natural spot. It just seems underpriced to me. He definitely seems underpriced. I do like him as well. He's going to gain off the tee. He's a great scorer, and that's going to be important here. But, yeah, I, I don't love amassing the ownership because there's so many pivots. You have Wise right there who – Coming off a little form, I probably will take some shares. The guy I want to bring up to you, though, is Charlie Hoffman at 7,400. To me, he is actually striking it you know, very well at Sony, and he's someone 
it's always been a consistency issue. We know the top end talent is there. This guy's got plenty of experience. I think that Charlie Hoffman is in play this week. Oh, I mean, I think Charlie Hoffman is an amazing play. I'd go one better than that. Yeah. I mean, he, now if he, he would, you said it not on, good. on fire last week with the ball strike, he plus nine, uh, he was T 14 and, and this isn't out of the blue. I mean, he turned it around and was playing well the second half of last year, a little bit up and down, but the ball striking started trending. The finishes were better. Uh, he had a little bit of a hiccup, but I mean, he was definitely in a better spot at the end of last year than we had seen him early in the year or, or going farther back. So he kind of started to turn it around and yeah, plus nine ball striking for a guy like him who, yeah, he's an older guy, but he's won golf tournaments and he's a guy that if we, if he gets in the mix, we feel comfortable, confident that, yeah, he can close, close the deal. And 7,400, I think is a good price course history is bad, but we don't really care too much about this. Just all around good spot. I mean, just based on how he's playing and the fact that that the irons and the approach or the approach game and the off the tee was fantastic last week. And I, I think that yes, obviously some people are going to look at that and notice him, but he didn't. He came in 14th, and that's a solid showing. But he didn't come in second. He didn't win, yeah. and, and and no one is going to really move the needle that much. He's right next to Doc Redman, who we just said is going to garner interest. So that could be a sneaky spot. Let, let's move to the cheapies. So we're going to go down. 7,300 and below. Uh, this is where I think we're going to have to find the value. And we've got names, plenty of names here with JT Poston. Absolutely killed me. I felt like a genius after Thursday. I felt like a whatever after Friday. Very bad. Keegan Steele is here. Chez, your boy, Russell Knox, Piercy off the miscut. There are names in the, in the low sevens. Is there one that stands out? Yeah, there's guys down here. Um, if you really want to play with fire, you can go to Keegan at 7,300, who uh, just put up uh, kind of a Hideki-esque miscut last week, plus 5.6 ball striking, minus seven strokes gain putting. Um, normally, that would really pique my interest. But for Keegan, he's like a special kind of guy. Like, this just feels like he does this so much that it doesn't necessarily mean much. Like, he just has so many of these great ball striking awful awful putting performances that i don't know if i'm ready to jump back in but that was interesting um maverick mcneely i think is an interesting guy at 7300 um you know i don't think people are going to go there but super super talented young guy um end of the year pretty good t21 or better in three of his last four to end the year he's a california guy um i think he's just going to kind of go overlooked unowned um and he's just kind of a young guy who's like a buy on talent down here and and this is you know we can say the same thing this week that we said at sony that we said at century because we're still having guys trickle in um that we haven't seen in weeks and weeks so they're still kind of we're have incomplete information we don't know what's going on with a lot of these guys there's a lot of question marks um so i think it's a good still a good spot to take some shots on guys that we're just really not sure of because there's not we're not in the middle of the season we don't have like this nice run-up of finishes and stats that we can like oh we'll see guys trending and ebbing and flowing we have to take some chances here you know oh definitely and i i think this is where you got to pick a couple narratives and stick with it I've, I've mentioned how around the green could be a little tougher if it's not and it's the same sep straka to me who struck it really well last week chat just mentioned him plus four on the approach was positive with the putter 
came in 25th. No one's really going to be paying attention. The guy hasn't missed a cut since Sanderson Farms back in October. Fine play to me uh, in the sevens. I do. I have one guy. Though. First of all, Scott Piercy, just typical Scott Piercy last week. I have one guy in the low sevens who I think is like my my mega mind genius play this week. And I don't even know if you love this guy or hate this guy. It's Wyndham Clark. I I, I have him highlighted here. Um, it's just kind of like another another one of those guys, and and he's like we call I'll call him Bryson Junior. Uh, he he's kind of has a similar game to Bryson. A lot of variance, um, but off the tee and putting. Um, going to be a volatile guy. You're never going to get a lot of good finishes in a row. But if people aren't going to play him. And I mean, I don't think anyone's going to play him here. Uh, I think he's just a good guy to have pieces of uh, kind of on, on a weekly basis and especially coming out of the gate. And I mean, same thing, I, a lot of the same thing with Maverick McNeely. It's just like, yeah, are we high on this guy? He's a young guy, talented guy. Um, yeah, let's take some shots on him when we don't really have a lot of information on, you know, what to expect this week. So, yeah, I, I think he's interesting. He has the formula. You You mentioned it. Bryson, to me, when Champ plays well, this is the same formula. These guys are not good approach players relative to their talent. They're good drivers of the ball, and they're good putters. And in Wyndham Clark's case, he's also a great around-the-green player. So he's got everything except the irons, which is obviously very important. (laughs) But he can get it done. And this is the type of guy I think is going to win on tour occasionally, and then he's going to have stretches where he really misses a lot of cuts. That's what you want in large field tournaments. Yeah, um, and two and two things about that. One is he he finished the year uh, t twenty three or better three of his last four. And as far as the approach game goes, we've talked about this with guys like Rom and Bryson and Champ. Is the better you are off the tee, you don't need to be as good on approach. Um, a great off the tee or a great tee shot that leaves you with an eighty yard wedge you can hit an average shot or even a slightly below average shot from some of the spots where these guys are hitting their tee ball and still have a good birdie chance. It might not gain strokes. You might not be uh, gaining strokes on that 80 yard uh, wedge or 60 yard wedge, but it's still leaving you with a makeable birdie. And I think that's some of the things that people forget. It's like, well, he's awful with the approach game, but he's hitting it from spots that nobody else is hitting it from. So he doesn't need to be as good. Yeah. I mean, just think about it. Cause I feel like sometimes it's harder to grasp, with those two skill sets, but just think about it like this. If in theory, you could just stick your irons to one foot every time. Well, it wouldn't really matter if you're a good putter. Uh, Cause you don't, it doesn't matter. You just, you're not having to stress that part of your game. And I think with guys like Wyndham Clark, they can take the pressure off the weak link of the irons at courses like this. And that's when they're really effective. Uh, we did have a quick question about Malnati. He did what he always did. He gained six strokes putting. And that was about it last week. He was basically a flat zero with the ball striking. He doesn't stand out to me. I would rather roll the dice on guys like Keegan or Clark or Straka over Malnati. Yeah. I'm not a huge, huge Malnati guy. I got, I got another, what do you think about Benny on? I knew it, you were going to bring him up because he just Benny seems, on. um, boy, seven K in this field um, the end of the season wasn't good, but I mean, if you want to look at his body of work for the last two or three years, or however long he's been on tour, um, he's knocked on the door a lot. He's played 
very well many times. And I think it's 7K. It's just like you look at the other names down here. It's like are we, we're comparing him to Wyndham Clark. Um, you know, Benny's been in the mix at really good events. I mean, and this is just a bad field. I think maybe just a little bit of time off um, might have been good for him because I just look at the other names here. And it's like, wow, we're hoping for a good performance. We know that Benny can get it done. I don't know. Can he actually close the door? Not sure. But it's 7K in this field. That seems pretty crazy. You want to hear pretty crazy. I have a weird suspicion. I don't even know if suspicion is the right word. To me, the waste management in this comp a little. Um, really? Yeah. I don't know why I really think that, to be honest. I, I think it, maybe it's a desert track, Bermuda. Waste management is obviously more difficult than this. But Benion has great results there. He's always played well in the desert at waste management. I see a little crossover on those leaderboards, and I'm, I am looking at that. I'm not weighing it heavily. I rarely do. But that is the one thing that kept Benny in the conversation. It, he, he can't putt, though. I mean, he's got the same problem as Griot. Can he, can he really make enough? But at his price, now you're more asking, can he just make the cut? Yes, he's cheaper than Grio, and he gets in contention more than Grio. I, I know that Grio, we, we want, we'll keep going back to like he won his first start on the PGA Tour or whatever five years ago, but uh, I don't know. I'm, yeah, he, he's intriguing for me at 7K, I think. Just too good of a golfer uh, to, to be priced down here in this field. Okay, last guy, and then we're going to move to the sixes and we're going to bounce on out of here, but obviously. Stay tuned, NBA, uh, all afternoon. There'll be shows on shows on shows on the Osmo Network. What are you doing with Max Homa? Nothing. I honestly haven't even thought about Max Homa, so I guess I'm not playing him. I don't, is, there, is there a big case? Is there a big uh, – am I missing something? I don't know if you're missing anything. He closed – you know, he, he was 12th at OHL. He's a California guy. Um I don't really see it, to be honest. I'm not saying I don't see it in the fact like, oh, you can't play him. But there's really nothing to me that stands out. He had a bad stretch. And then he he came in 12th somewhat randomly at OHL. Uh, He had lost with the Irons in seven straight recorded events. I'm not sure I'm going to just jump on him. To me, there's no reason to. So I'm out there, I'll be honest. Yeah, there's a lot of plays down here. Uh, He's, you know, not a guy that, uh, piqued my interest but you know guys can kind of fall through the cracks uh, when we haven't seen him in, in, in six weeks it's like you know you look back oh we haven't seen him and maybe we overlooked the fact that he ended the season playing really well but yeah I hadn't really noticed anything about him that can happen like Chris it's I'm not saying like oh I, I secretly liked Chris Kirk last week but he's the type of player this wasn't on the mind and then you look and it's not that shocking uh, and props to him he needed that very badly but let's go to the sixes I don't know if you're going to need to dip this low, but if you do, is it Kyle Stanley? Is it Doug Gim? Are you going to hold on? Uh, We're going to have to talk about someone that I'll probably have to Google named John Augustine, the the big pedigree. Um, What say you in the sixes? So a couple things about Gim. Uh, He, he, when I saw ownership, I immediately knew he was a bad play. He was over-owned. Um, but I'll, I'll say the same thing we talked about kind of playing guys in stretches. Like, you know, we missed out on Kevin, Nah. 
I, I would not be opposed to going back to Gim just off the one missed cut. Uh, I don't think I'll play him, um, but there's reasons to every every reason why we liked him last week and at the end of last year. You know, we're not going to hop off um, based on one bad event, but he wasn't good. Uh, I think Denny McCarthy is interesting at 6,900. The putting god. The putting god, yes. Um, a little bit like Siwoo, he gained a little bit of consistency, a lot of consistency for him. The ball striking got better, and, you know, when I say better, it wasn't great. You know, he wasn't striping it, but he had some decent ball striking performances at the end of last year. Um, you know, so if we are seeing a little bit of consistency, a, a little bit better ball striking, we, we know he's a putting god, and, I mean, this is an event that can really – the, the putter can carry. I mean, if you're going to get so many birdie looks, he's a guy that can convert them and just a little bit of like, yeah, we're going to take a shot in the dark that maybe he's made some strides. Um, and, and maybe the ball striking, the consistency is a little bit better. I, I don't love him, but you know, kind of thinking outside of the box, he's just one of the guys that stuck out to me. When we get to the sixes here, as we bounce on out of here, I, I always say this. I'd rather have a guy that does one thing at a an elite level than some of these guys that are just like pretty average to below average in all four areas. Denny McCarthy is one of the best putters in the world. His ball striking is bad, but he does have one skill set that he can lean on. Christoph Ventura, elite driver of the ball. Luke List, elite driver of the ball. Um Adam Von Lahiri, just elite person in life. I don't know if that's going to get it done. But <laughs> other than that, I just want to ask you a couple names. And like I said, if we didn't get to the guys tomorrow night, me and Jason Roslin live before live, live before at lock, we will get to them. Take your questions. Because uh, it's interesting. Ask, say, Batia, those guys, I'm not sure I need to go to any of them. But did you look at Jim Herman? I he mean, he struck it great last week, um, plus 5.25. Uh, T32. I, I honestly don't think I've ever played that guy or thought about playing him. I actually haven't about. played him, no joke, ever. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, he struck it great. I'll, I'll give, I, I wasted all my time on McCarthy and I didn't even talk about my favorite play. <laughs> I got so excited. Uh, Kramer Hickok, 6,700. I, I think you were gonna below go 7K. Um, you know, he, I, I liked him last week. He showed some signs at the end of last year. Uh, kind of bouncing back and forth, Corn Ferry Tour and some bad PGA Tour events. But, I mean, he played great. He was T19. The ball striking was great. He gained 5.1 uh, with the ball striking. So now he's got T21 or better in four of his last six starts, dating back to last year. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the price is is still good. He's another young guy that we're kind of not sure, you know, where his game's going to end up. But he looks like he's on the upward trajectory, and I, I think the price is good. Ball striking was great last week. Yeah, Kramer Hickok, and the thing I like about him is he's someone like Doug Gim. There is a chance, I'm not saying it's going to happen, that Kramer Hickok is really good. And we find that out over the course of 2021. And by next year, his price is electric. Like Jim Herman, <laughs> not so much, but he is playing good. I have to give him credit. Uh, I think that's it. I don't see any reason to dip really low, to be honest. There's just no one uh up top that I, I have to like double jam sean o'hare loves this place but he has got talent but i'm not i'm not looking to do any of that are you uh no like you said it's a case of well what what is this pure punt play what does it really get us and 
you know, yeah, we're not, there's no DJ, there's no ROM, there's none of these guys at the top where we're just really trying to jam them in. I think there's plenty of guys in the lower 7K range. So for me, when there's tons of guys at like 7K, 7,100, you know, it just, it really makes it not, not worth it going down here and really taking some chances on A, guys that have huge miscut equity, but B, guys that probably even when they play really good, aren't going to get in contention anyway. So it's, it's a fine line between, and, and again, there's about 60 names down here. A couple of them are going to play well, but you really can eat up exposure in a hurry with guys that even if they get through the cut, you just mentioned it, not going to get it done. So uh, keep that in mind. We're going to talk more about lineup construction tomorrow, but we're going to bounce on out of here. I do want to say real quick chat as always, if you could hit that like button on your way out and, and join the community, I really can't advocate it enough. We'd love to have you in there. It's not just for golf. I'm doing, I go inside. I'm betting egregious college basketball every day. Uh, that's probably my favorite thing to do. I, I love college hoops and March Madness will be here. The NBA, of course, we've got MMA apparently on a Wednesday. I don't know what goes on in Abu Dhabi, but we have people that do with Pete, the heat and Jason Floyd. So it's just everything. And of course, football will be here on Sunday. So on that note, as always, good luck to everybody. I'll be back tomorrow night with Jason Roslin, 8.30 Eastern. Uh, we'll keep you posted if anything changes on that front, but good luck, and we'll see you guys next Tuesday. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.